0: Yasma, because of which, because of existing in the material world. Priya, pleasing. Apriya, not pleasing. Viyoga, by separation. Sayoga, and combination. Janma, whose birth. Shoka, adhina, by the fire of lamentation. Sakadayonishu yonishu, in any type of body. manaha being burned. Dukkha, aushadham, remedial measures for miserable life. Tat, that, api, also. Dukkha, suffering. Atat, dia by accepting the body as the self. Aham, I, Vuman, O Great One, Pramami, am wandering within the cycle of birth and death. Vada, kindly instruct, may, unto me, tava, your, Dasya Yoga, activities of service. Translation. So this is, of course, Pallad Maharaj, praying to Lord Sringadeva. O Great One, O Supreme Lord, because of combination with pleasing and displeasing circumstances, and because of separation from them, one is placed in the most regrettable position, within heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Although there are many remedies by which to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Therefore, I think that the only remedy is to engage in your service, kindly instruct me in such service." purport. Pallad Maharaj aspired to engage in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord after the death of his father, who was materially very opulent. Pallad would have inherited his father's property, which extended throughout the world. But Pallad Maharaj was not inclined to accept such material opulence. For whether one is in the heavenly or hellish planets or is a rich or a poor man's son, material conditions are everywhere. Therefore, no condition of life is at all pleasing. If one wants the uncontaminated pleasure of blissful life, he must engage himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Material opulence may be somewhat pleasing for the time being, but to come to that temporary pleasing condition, one must work extremely hard. When a poor man is rich, he may be better situated, but to come to that position he had to accept many miseries. The fact is that in material life, whether one is miserable or happy, both conditions are miserable. If one actually wants happy, blissful life, one must become Krishna conscious and constantly engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. That is the real remedy. The entire world is under the illusion that people will be happy by advancing in materialistic measures to counteract the miseries of conditional life, but this attempt will never be successful. Humanity must be trained to engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. That is the purpose of the Krishna consciousness movement. There can be no happiness in changing one's material conditions, <laughs> for everywhere there is trouble and misery. Omagnana Timarandasya, Gyanandana Shalakya, Chakshu Un Tasmay shri I was born in the dark salignance, but my spiritual master should have opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisance unto him and to all members of Sri Parampara, the disciplic succession. So, uh, I chose this verse, as I will we'll be speaking tomorrow, on the next verse, and then maybe choose some others, uh, either from the prayers or some slokas. Um, this verse, and purport, very nicely uh, describes the purpose of the Bhagavad of the Shrimad Bhagavatam, and in fact, the whole purpose of this movement, there are really two basic uh, uh, lines of activity in, in our movement, as enunciated and shown by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Himself. When you read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you begin in the first chapter, and there's something called the mangala Mangalacharana are a series of verses that are introduced a major literary work in our Vedic culture. There's a Mangalacharan and the Brihad Bhagavatamata. Uh, there's even a Mangalacharan for some of the chapters in the Srimad the, uh, Bhagavatam. I remember when I was working on the helping Gopi Paramananda Prabhu and Riddhi Nanadas Goswami finish the Srimad Bhagavatam in Miami in the, in the 80s. We did the rest of the 10th canto, 11th canto, 12th canto. and we got to the 87th chapter of the 10th canto, which is the prayers of the personified Vedas, there was a whole Mangala Charm there by Vishnu Chakravarti, because it's such a major uh, enunciation of our philosophy. It's, it's very, very uh, thorough and deep, and there's many commentaries. So his, uh, he felt it necessary to, to introduce it as a, as a formal work in and of itself. So uh, in that Mangala Charm of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you'll find uh, 14 verses. Uh the first verse uh enunciates the, the position of Lord uh Chaitanya and his expansion, the Chananda, the the Panchatagwa, and also the uh, devotees in general, uh mm-hmm. The next verse is a beautiful uh, obeisance prayer for uh, Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda. Whenever I the deities, I greet the deities in San Diego every day and there is just to to tie. This is a wonderful verse to other as you're bowing down. I offer my obeisance unto Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, who are like uh, the, the sun and the moon and who have risen simultaneously over the horizon of Goda to bring good fortune to all. Okay. It's very nice. And then he uh the uh Krishna Skavaraj begins a series of verses describing Lord Chaitanya. Uh, first of all, uh, his uh, ontological position. Uh, if you think about it, you realize that this movement is based on two basic propositions. Well, more there's than, more than two, but two that are, are uh, central to this sampradaya and no other. And that is that Krishna is God and that Lord Chaitanya is Krishna. And that's what this verse says. He's saying there that uh, there's, no, there's, there's no truth beyond Lod Chaitanya and Krishna. And the fold emanating uh, from his body is the Brahman fold. He's talking about Lod Chaitanya now. The super soul is but an expansion of, of the plenary expansion. Uh, he is Bhagavan himself, Sri Krishna, uh, with full and six opulences. So without... Having faith in that verse, which I believe was composed by Sruvnamalar, I don't think it was an original one by Krishna's Kaviraj. Uh, you can't go on; it, 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 you don't belong in the Krishna movement. That's that's the central tenet of this uh, this this uh, sampradaya. And then he goes on to describe the internal and external reasons for what for Lord Krishna's appearance as Lord Chaitanya. I'm not going to go into all of them, but the but the summary is that Lord Chaitanya has these two. Uh, distinct reasons, internal and external. What does that mean? First, he describes the external reason, which is to spread the Sankirtan movement to everyone, to, to uh, demonstrate the process by the Harinam Sankirtan, and to uh, give that to as many people as possible. The famous verse In, in every town and village of this world, my name will be sung. So, that's that the, the preaching motive, you know. Uh, out of his boundless compassion. You know, Lord Krishna has that compassion, he comes as Lord Chaitanya. and in this age especially, we know the Yuga Dharma is chanting the holy name and Lord Caitanya is teaching that. But there's also this internal aspect, which is described in, in two verses, that uh, Lord, Lord Krishna wanted to experience three divisions of ecstasy, that, or uh, bliss. That weren't available to him, to him in the spiritual world in the form of Krishna. And if, there's a verse that I think Krishna Kaviraj composed himself uh, where he gets into the mind of Krishna and what is Krishna thinking? It says, Shri Radhaya Mahimati That's the first line. In order to uh, uh, understand the glory of Shrimati Matavada and his love for me, Krishna speaking, uh, in order to experience my glories, my uh, unlimited and all attractive features, from her point of view through the lens of her love so to speak, which she experiences uniquely because of that unique quality of her love. And to experience the happiness and bliss that she enjoys from loving me and being loved by me uh, I, I will appear as the son of Sha- uh, Shachi, you know, like that of Uo So that was the idea with her with Radharani's complexion and with her mood. That's the whole idea the golden avatar. So the reason I mention this is that uh, we also need to have those, those two lines of our motive for continuing in Krishna, practicing Krishna consciousness. When we begin Krishna consciousness, we come in touch with the devotees and we read the books and we get into the association. Uh, it's all basically the, the, the second motive, meaning that we want to uh, advance in devotional service. We want to experience uh, more of what what we experienced in that first kirtan and, you know, the first time we felt a little bit of the bliss of Krishna consciousness, which uh, uh, we all do, Uh, we all have. Uh, And we want to uh, uh, develop our purity, and this is our basic motivation, uh, as well as uh, the motivation to escape from the miseries of this material world. In this verse that we just read, Hala Maharaj, as the great Acharyas often do, he's taking the position. Of a conditioned soul, and uh, in previous verses, verses he said, "I'm, I'm not afraid of you." With, with, you know, this was a big thing because if you know the context, the pastime uh, when Lord when uh, the appeared and annihilated Arundhati it wasn't just Arundhati that he killed, and all of these uh, soldiers, these demonic soldiers, came and attacked, and he killed them all with so many hands. Did you see that painting? Manifested hands, so many weapons, you know. Now imagine the scene there. First of all, the Vishengadeva didn't just do that and then cool down. He just was, was, was furious, his anger, he's an incarnation of anger uh, at, at, at the tormenting of his pure devotee. So he's still roaring and his eyes are blazing, you know. And uh, So all of, all of the demigods had gathered. drama was there and Indra was there and all, many others and Lakshmi was there. So they were afraid of this aspect of, of the Lord. And so they offered their prayers from a distance. This is preceding this chapter, chapter 9, is Pallad's prayer. And, uh, but none of them could pacify the Shringadev, and none of them wanted them to go any closer. So finally he said, Pallad, you go, see where you can go. He likes you, you know. <laughs> so a little five-year-old Pallad walks up. He's completely fearless, you know. Obviously, he was fearless. Uh, in front of Pu Nish- and all of his minions who were trying to cut him up and boil him in oil. So what to speak of in front of Lord Neshinga did is worshipful Lord. So he goes right up to him. And as soon as he approaches, before he even says anything, the Shinga did cool down, he turns to Komala Neshinga. Have you ever seen the Komala Neshinga? This is the Komala Neshinga. You know, the Uba Neshinga is blazing; the teeth are showing, the, 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 the fangs are showing. You've know that's you seen pictures of the deity in uh, Maipur, you know, other deities. Of course the painting and the ripping book So he, he cools down and then he wants to offer prayers, and he get touched on the head, given just like uh was touched by this conch, I think. And so he touched. And then he's able to offer these beautiful prayers. This is near the beginning of the prayers. So uh, the idea is that uh, that that should also be one of our, our motivations. How are we gonna get motivated to undergo the austerities in the discipline of, of, of bhakti yoga that that's what it's going to take for us to advance but uh, because of our conditioning it's hard to maintain, sustain that so what so there's two uh, basic motivations that there is Krishna attracting us from the front and that's what first happens we don't know anything in the philosophy all we know is that let me check it out I'm you know curious or uh, I'm in trouble I really need some some nectar from Krishna Khan. There's four different motives, you know. Most people don't come to the Hare Krishna temple and pray for wealth because the devotees are walking around in devotees, you know, we don't have much wealth. But uh, something there, and come curiosity or you know, I I like the food, the devotees of kind, whatever. Somehow you come in touch. And so uh, your your first you know motive is to continue is to get more of that nectar. Is to somehow understand where it's coming from, so that's fine. But when, but to sustain your commitment to practice Krishna consciousness, you have to become philosophically schooled uh, a little school bit. You have to read the book and understand the situation. So as soon as you start reading Srila Prabhupada's books, in Bhagavad Gita, for instance, you'll say, "Yeah, this world is a world of misery. This is for For." Uh, you know, unescapable miseries, birth, old age, disease, and death. There's a the threefold miseries. Sometimes it gets too hot, as you experience. Where I, where I am, sometimes the ground shakes, you know, or the fires burn. There's always the adi-divek, adi-apnak, adi you know, miseries that are threatening you or actually experiencing. So, and you learn right off the bat that you don't die, which is very good news. But on the, in the conditioned state, it means you go around and around and around, suffering all these miseries. So, we want to get out of this. We want to break that chain of samsara. We want to get liberation. We want to go back to Godhead, you know, which includes everything, liberation. So, that's an important motivation, is the, the sober-minded uh, taking stock of our actual situation in this world and realize that you can't just live an ordinary life and, you know, and, and expect to attain any real happiness. That's what's expressed in this verse we'll get into in a minute. So you have these two motives, and they, they, they should continue. One is that Krishna is all-attractive. He's attracting us to, to join him in the spiritual world. He's, attract, he's, he's, he's uh, inspiring us, he's uh, cajoling us to perform these minor little austerities that have main, been made minor, especially in, in this Kali Yuga, and uh, uh, perform the easy process of bhakti. It's mentioned as easy by Vatupula Kapiladev and what to speak of Vatapita's teachings of it. Uh, get together with devotees, glorify me, you know, and try to follow the example of those who have come close in the, in the footsteps, you know, and and here, and basically here, the, the, the signs. So Krishna is inviting us from the front to to uh, attracting us and beautiful deities and everything. And he's also, through Durga Devi, you know, with the trident, pushing us from the back, get serious. Don't laligev around in this material world and come back again, you know, maybe as a human being, but still suffer. So here in this, in this verse now, get, get into the, the verse, the whole Bhagavatam is really based on this, this idea of, of enlightening us who we are, giving us the means by which we can perfect our lives, and keeping us motivated. So here he's saying, yesmat priyapriyabhi yoga So Prabhupada gives one, uh, uh, on, there are many different ways of understanding this verse. you believe the commentators. So his, his reading of it is that whether it's pleasing or displeasing, it's all part of the misery. It's all part of the dukkha of this material world. Because when you, when you in order to enjoy in this, in this world, you have to work so hard to get a position of wealth or fame or whatever it is. That itself is an austerity. Then, when you reach the, reach the, a position, it's like think of our so prominent, uh, you know, billionaires. They're very famous, uh, Bill Gates and Soros and a bunch of others. So these people have, you know, an obscene amount of wealth. How could how can you even think of spending a hundred billion dollars? You know, it's crazy. But but just look at their faces. Just look at them. You know, now oh my God, this lady is running to be president. And she's going to tax the billionaires, you know us, you know what happened? What are we going to do? What if I have to, you know, I have 160 billion dollars, but then she's going to take five billion out for the, You see how crazy it is? And so then I have to worry about that and work against that. You know. And and what about your kids going to school? You have to have a, have a whole security detail because obviously they're, you know, they may try to kidnap them, you know, which happens in different places. Because I have so much money. So, who's really happy? And, and even if you have a little situation of security and, and, and peace, everyone wants to live in California, you know, I made it to California, I'm living nicely, you know, there's all these trees around. Everyone knows what's just happened in California. And because of climate change, it's going to happen worse every year. The fires. The fires are coming. You may be living in the most wealthy area. Now you've got to hire your own fire department. You know, they do that, private fire department, so that, that my home will be preserved. Yeah, but you're living now in a parched environment, yeah, all around you is burn down. In other words, there's, there's no way, there is no way, and we have to be convinced, of reaching a position in this in material life of any kind of sustained happiness or security. The force of time just pushes you into a horrible situation. And then, the reality is you have to face all the karma that, that's coming down from what you had to do to get that position, which is oftentimes step on the heads of other people. So this is what uh, uh, Pallad is describing here. He's, he's summarizing material life. And, and so Prabhupada says, pleasing and displeasing, it all over misery. Priya, apriya, viyoga, sa yoga. Another way of looking at it is Shogadina, this fire of lamentation, because the things that are dear to us are Viyoga, eventually, taken away from us, are, are ripped from our hands. Yeah. The, the, the graphic this thing that, that, that really got into the hearts of everybody in America, that they couldn't, you know, they publicized it, it was everywhere. The poor mother comes with her little, two little kids to the border, you know, escaping from a situation in Guatemala somewhere that we created by, over, by helping to overthrow the democratic government so it was just a bunch of gangs and criminals running there. I'd be like to live in a, a society like that. Literally danger at every moment. So they desperately go, you know, go through Mexico, and they come at the border, and our, our policy is, okay, you're arrested, the woman's arrested, and the kid is put into detention alone. Four-year-old kid, three-year-old kid. The images of that stuff like that is happening all over the world, but the images of that the publication is just so horrible. You know that's what priya viola means. That which is dear to you is ripped out of your hands. And what is what is most dear to us, each one of us, the body, the healthy body, an unhealthy body, an ill, you know, chronically ill body, can be like the worst pain that you have. You, the soul, are suffering every moment. So that priya the yoga is happening all the time. Or it's threatening to happen, therefore putting you in anxiety. Shoka means anxiety. The, 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 uh, the idea that might happen. Then there's when, when the things that are apriya are sa-yoga. The things that are abominable are forced upon you. That's what, that's what material life is, right? Eventually both of these things happen. So he's summarizing now. Born out of these two activities, uh, I'm always burning in this fire of lamentation. Suckle the ownership, not just the human life, but every form of life suffices. Diamond, burning. So, in human life especially, we have various dukhaushadis, means a remedy for the misery. Aushadi usually means like an herbal remedy, right? So, think of the medical industry, you know, multi trillion dollars with insurance and the hospitals and all of the pharmaceuticals and everything. It's all trying to counteract the, the misery of disease, which is a basic thing. You know, the, we won't get into the details of how it's so exploited and, you know, horrible. But that's what it is. But, you, you ever see any of these advertisements for some, some new medicine or some, you know, for antidepressants or something? You know? I remember, I, think I was sitting in, in the apprentice office, a Reader's Digest, you know, which we grew up with as kids, you know, they still have it. So that, you know, there's this ad for this uh, antidepressant, you know, and of course it's all, they out, you know, the lady is out in the, in the forest and the garden, everyone looks happy, you know. He turned a page, and there's two pages, of side effects. You know, liver disease, cancer, death, I mean, there was one that actually was death with a side effect. That, that's what it is. You have, some medicine that produces the side effect. Now think of, of just what we, of climate change. I mean, there are like, over like was it, like 4 billion cars in the world now? You know, everyone in China wants a car, you ever see the, 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 uh, the traffic jams? I saw this picture of a traffic jam, literally, there were, there were 20 lanes that they had produced, and it was a complete blockage, they had them for a week. You're in a traffic jam for a week, you can't go there. <laughs> so plus the carbon carbon dioxide is going out, going out, going out. So there, this was a you know a great invention, you know, and we can go from here to there so quickly. But now it's produced this earth threat, threatening situation. So the, the the remedy for the dukkha produces more dukkha. That's the idea. And then he gives us four syllables. He gives the root of the whole problem, and we can get it from Prophet's, uh uh, synonyms here also a by accepting the body as itself. this is the root of the whole problem is that everyone's like misidentifying with this gross and subtle body which is just a temporary covering on the soul and on the basis of that we're, we're, we're calculating what's pleasurable, what's painful, who I am, you know uh, I am white, you're black, get out of my sight you know there's all this racism and nationalism bhumi an worshiping the place of, of, of earth. So the whole problem goes back to this, uh, the fact that we have forgotten Krishna, turned our back on Krishna, become enthralled with maya and the three modes of nature, and on the basis of that misconception, we calculate how to counteract this fire of misery and we just get more miserable. So then, that's three lines, then the last line, the, the, the uh, solution, the real solution. Bhumat, O oh great Lord, Brahmāmi, I who am wandering throughout all these bodies and universes, vadametava dasa yoga, please instruct me in your dasa yoga. That's bhakti yoga, obviously, how to be your, your servant, that's the yoga. So Prabhupāda, in his purport here, at the end, he said, this is the purpose of the Krishna consciousness movement, to train humanity, to save humanity from the fire of lamentation and, and self-destruction by teaching the science of bhakti yoga. And not just teaching it, by demonstrating it as well. The reason why Prabhupada had so much potency is because he personified the teachings that he was giving. He wasn't giving some, just giving some book and then going away. You know, he had his books, of course, when he came with those three uh, volumes of the first can of. Uh But he himself was personifying it. And those who, who came in touch in those early days, who took part in the chanting, you know, this also makes one uh, receptive, it's so purifying, that a certain percentage, but a significant percentage, were ready to hear when he spoke. You know, if you if you read the Lidamandhi, you see that, you know, the people as, as many people are today, you know, they're much more attracted to the chanting and the masadam than the hearing some dry lecture, you know, like that. So they were very callously, probably would have this wonderful kirtan playing a little bongo, half a bongo drum, before there was any, any uh, like madangas, who want to speak MJ Jambes. Uh, and uh, the, the, the 26th Avenue would be packed and then uh, you know after, after the Kirtan the you know hour long Kirtan many of the people would stand up and leave you know maybe they we, we can go around and block smoke a cigarette then come back on the feces that much is, <laughs> but, but you understand the point but, but understanding that philosophy Prabhupada worked so hard to, work, to complete this Bhagavatam you know to, to mm-hmm. give us just try to conceive of what he was doing. Managing this burgeoning movement, problems all the time. You know, He kept saying, GBC, please take over the management so I can just write. But it never came to that point. There were always emergencies, letters here. He was going here. He always felt he had to go and keep traveling in order to, to uh, encourage the devotees. You know? and, and meanwhile, getting up at 12 at night and dictating these, these uh, translation purports that we have, it was an heroic, an, a, a, what is it called? A Herculean task. You know, that's described in Bhima. But Prabhupada was performing a Herculean task. All out of what? What was his motive? You know, he didn't have to try to purify, it, you know, experience. He was already there, just out of compassion for us. And I, I, I recently, of course, we had Prabhu's Disappearance Day uh, observance. And uh, I had reread the Relameter recently, you know. And I was just moved to write something about how Srila Prabhupada risked his life to save us, to come. Just kind of getting on that boat. Anyone knows the history? Two heart attacks. You know. And even afterward, when he came, he had that, well, that stroke at the end of May 67. Uh, if you, don't, you may not know the history, he was in a head on collision in a car in Mauritius in, in the mid 70s. Uh, the Naxalite terrorists, who are still around, communists, who would, who would assassinate businessmen if they didn't get, you know, a contribution. Uh, they threatened Prabhupada. He's having the first Calcutta pandal, uh, and they give him the note, you know, the note comes, fly or die. Fly or die. Get up. And fly or die. Because he, they were undermining, he was so-called undermining, you know, but preaching religion, he's undermining this communist idea that there's no God. So Prabhupada didn't, didn't fly and of course he didn't die. How did he handle it? Uh, they came to the Pandal, said that they, they were starting to cause a raucous you know, disturbance. So he said, give them some seats, you know, and, and Prabhupada started chanting the Brahma Samhita, which somehow had a calming effect, and they was sitting there, you know, they were still you know, in opposition. But uh, then Prabhupada gave Prasada, and he met with them, and he explained the, con- the concept of uh, Krishna conscious communism, you know. Really, that simple living high thinking, I was raised as a communist, total atheist. My father would pull out the Marx, did I tell you the story? He had it in a closet, because he was afraid the FBI would find it, go after him. So he'd pull out this book, I'm like eight years old, nine years old, he'd sit me down at the kitchen table, and we'd read from Das Kapital, I don't know if that made me think, of it, but that was, that was uh, Marx's basic book, thick, thick, written in German, translated, of course. And, and I remembered certain phrases. And one of the phrases, you know, mottos that they had was, from each according to his ability, to each according to his needs. It sounds like a, a Hare Krishna farm. Isn't it? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what was <laughs> supposed to be? You, if, if you join, joining in those days, you know, 73 in the 70s, meant you, joined, you moved into a temple or some center, you know. Often very humble, some house that they rented somewhere in Buffalo or something, But you know you had a place to sleep. Yeah, you were sleeping next to four or five other guys. You know, or I guess the ladies had similar. You know, wasn't wasn't uh, the soft bed they used to sleep in your mother's house? But you're chanting Hare Krishna. You know, (laughs) you're. It was it was austere, but it was adequate. Certainly, prasadam was adequate. You know, you had your basic needs met, and. you were expected to do certain duties and whatever, whatever you could do according to your ability, whatever you could do. So basically, it's a communist. Uh, they're following that communist model. The problem with the communism is, is that it's all material, you know. And then the other one is religion is the opium of the people. That was another one which I accepted. I Totally. So when, when uh, you know, I, I I came to Krishna consciousness, uh, I, I came. Yoga, through yoga, through hatha yoga, it's a long story which I won't read here. Uh, but I had been kind of knocked around by the material energy. I went, I was in the hospital for a month with a serious case of hepatitis, just when the so-called uh, moonshot was happening. I remember seeing it on the on the TV, and uh, I needed some some way to get my health back when I get out. And so I, I said, well, let me try some hatha yoga. It was becoming popular then. So, but but I but I, I realized when I began reading the Bible don't forget this verse, tad bhagva-sargo, janatāga-divkavo. It's a famous verse where uh, Narada Muni is, is, is instructing uh, Vyāsadeva on the of the Bhagavatam. And he's saying that thou, thou, that language, that, was, that literary creation, that glorifies Krishna, even if it's not composed so nicely. What he says is every verse may be, have a mistake. Still, that, that, if it's wholly and solely glorifies Krishna, honestly, then those who are wise and wise devotees, they accept it, they'll listen to it, and they'll repeat it and everything like that. But in the first line, he says, these words are meant to bring about a revolution in the misdirected lives of this world civilization. That's what I was thinking I was doing, proposing the Vietnam War, going on marches, reading all the philosophy. But it wasn't working. After all that, you know, 60s and demonstrations, hundreds of thousands going out of Washington getting arrested. What was the result? Nixon got elected in 68. It was like, you know. And then the war just dragged on for another seven years. So I was completely discouraged in that kind of revolution. But I saw, as I, as I read books and I practiced Krishna Consciousness, that this is the real revolution. The revolution has to start in the hearts, in the consciousness of the people. It's not some adjustment, material adjustment. It's a dukkhaushadam tadapidukam. Just as these, the, the Soviet experiment in communism. You know? What did it end up? People were miserable. probably went there and he said, I predict. CIA wasn't predicting it. Nobody else in 1972 when Prabhupada went there, I think it was. There'll be another revolution. You watch. Because he saw the people standing on lines. They can't buy anything. You know, it was all drab and drab. And he said, this is not this is not a real revolution. But he created the revolution. You know, the devotees on the street chanting and dancing. He, look at those old BTGs. You know, you'll see the pictures. So, the point here is that, uh, and we'll see in the next verse, because it carries through here, that he, he, Vlad Maharaj is summarizing material life, that's everywhere in this, in this world, is that it's, it's a fire of lamentation and suffering, Krishna says, dukali and mishasvatam, uh, you can't be happy here, uh, and whatever uh, remedy you try to create that's material, this produces more misery, it gives you the illusion that you're actually making progress when you're not, but the solution to it, both on a personal level and on a social level, whatever level we want to look at, it, is to uh, understand the philosophy of Dāsa-yoga, in other words, Bhakti-yoga, and to practice it following in the footsteps of the previous acharyas, And, and uh, that, that comes up uh, especially in the, in the next verse, which will decide tomorrow. So I thought it would be, it would be good to uh, follow this. I didn't pick this verse because you went through this fire. You know, but here it is again, Shogagina. And I swear, the verse took this morning, I wasn't thinking of that, but it came out. I think it's Krishna's name. Right? The, whole, the whole whole there, we feel as if the fire of Kali Yuga has never, never begun. And I, maybe some of you weren't here. But uh, th- this material world, there are, there are going to be miseries that come. Even, even for devotees, and tests. And, and the, the uh, if you can go through those tests, maintain your faith in your sadhana and, and go through it, you become much stronger. You know, Srila Prabhupada showed us that too. You know, he he led us through so many difficulties in this movement. There's various points in which the movement almost disintegrated. You know, I don't know if I want to describe those, but there was various tests for the movement itself. And uh, enough of the core devotees, you know, were, were kept the faith and went through it and sustained it. So that there's an international society today which is you know tens of thousands of members actually. And it's growing. So, there's a lot of lessons for us in this of purport, and uh, tomorrow we'll, we'll speak further on. Any questions, comments? You tell me? Um, as far as the devotees sustaining their commitment to spiritual life, huh. despite the uh, different onslaughts of unfavorable conditions, and Mental disturbances and societal upheavals and all the kinds of things we may face, uh, internal upheavals. Um, um, would you say that the uh, hearing and chanting is the ultimate refuge or source of strength from which one can draw to uh, weather all types of? difficulties in this mature world while we're trying to practice Krishna. Hearing and chanting, Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu, about Krishna, is the foundation of the whole process of devotional service. Um, the, the, it's perfectly distilled in sankirtan, congregational chanting of the Holy Name. Hearing the Holy Name, chanting the Holy Name, becoming absorbed. Uh, in that, and the potency of it is, is you know, we don't really realize it, but if you if you hear or you study, it, uh, you know, some of the descriptions of the power of the holy name, nama Krishna Chaitanya, nirasa dindraapuunak shuddham nityamukto vinatana The holy name adunatana means the name is not different from the named. You know, Krishna is there in his name, so he's also there in, in the verses of the Bhagavad Gita. He's also there in the Srimad Bhagavata. This verse that Pallad uh, expresses is just an elaboration of what Krishna is preaching in the Bhagavad Gita. Everything is completely consistent. So these these, uh, vibrations, uh, not just in Sanskrit and Bengali, but English, any language that really carries the meaning accurately, uh, and and is received from the right source, this is a very important point, is that as I mentioned earlier, uh, Srila Prabhupada had such potency because he was delivering the message as it really is, repeating Krishna's words and words that are based on it. And he exemplified. He exemplified what he was talking about. He's practicing what he's preaching and he's exemplified it. Therefore, those who really came, came in touch with him and were receptive enough, not all were completely receptive, obviously, but they had enough in their background, who knows, previous lifetimes, whatever. Uh, it, it created a, a change in heart. It attracted, it was attractive, it was fascinating, it was, it was uh, worthy, you know, it, it, it changed, and the, change, the transformation goes on. But to sustain that, we have to uh, uh, develop, or we have to surrender to the regular program that was set up, which is really centered on hearing and change. What, what is the morning program? We're going to talk about this later in the future classes. Prabhupada still did from the teachings of a group of Goswami. There's 64 different elements you read in the the Nectar of devotion, you know, do's and don'ts. But of those 64, this is mentioned in Chaitanya Charitana, there are five that are most important. And as there's even a little attraction or a little involvement of these five uh, can can give one full perfection, you know, Uh, to uh, chant Hare Krishna, uh, the holy name, in congregation especially. To uh, uh, study Srimad Bhagavatam, hear Srimad Bhagavatam regularly, to uh, associate with devotees. Now, these are obviously not mutually exclusive, but that's emphasizing that. To live in a holy place and to worship the deity of the Lord with faith and veneration. Now, think about the morning program that eventually it didn't come out at first. You know, when Prabhupada had its centers, gradually it developed, and especially in 1970 when. Uh, he lived in, a, he stayed in Los Angeles uh, Center, New Dwarka, which was the world headquarters. He stayed there and had the temple presidents come and visit him, and he established what we now have as the morning program, the more the classes, the Tulsi of So it's all centered on hearing and chanting. There's really no deity worship without hearing and chanting. Even the Pajaris know that, you know, they're supposed to be... If you study the Pajari, they're also chanting mantras, various Bula mantras and things that they worship. What to speak of the, of the deity worship that's going on in the temple with the kirtan, hearing and chanting. Obviously the class is full of hearing and chanting, worshiping Tulsi, associated with devotees, even just chanting Japa. You know, in, when Pagodron wants to chant you know, with others, he could also chant alone, but basically associated with devotees, hearing and chanting. Every one of those is based on hearing and chanting. And the wonderful thing is, it's always available. You can be in the mid- on an airplane, you can be in the middle of a desert, you know, you can be alone, you can be with others, but you can always have that option to hear and chant and, and stay connected to Krishna in that way. And that constant remembrance, there's, there's a, uh, a, a, an eight verse uh, series at the end of the Bhagavatam, 12th chapter, 12th canto, uh, last the last what the last thing that Suda Goswami speaks, you know, basic almost. And uh it's all about the glories of hearing and chanting. And the, and the result of it is the last verse which I'll share with you. Chandam Sometimes I forget the Sanskrit. But he says the final result of this hearing and chanting, uh, you know, taken seriously over you know, time, is to get constant remembrance of Krishna's lotus feet. And it this destroys everything inauspicious. It brings sham. Sham means like, uh, shankara means good fortune, it, it, it makes your life successful. It uh, purifies your existence, Satvam vishuddham, and it inspires devotional service to the Supreme Lord uh, Krishna. Uh, characterized by knowledge and realized knowledge, jnana-viragya and ragya, detachment of that immaterial. In other words, to develop that that uh, constant, more and more deep and constant remembrance of Krishna, Krishna's lotus feet. That's the ultimate end of bhakti yoga. And in that remembrance, you're floating in a, uh, an ocean of, of nectar. And there's so much variety. It's not just, you know... Uh, go, what is it? Uh, the the six Goswamis. How are they helping people in general? They're destroying the extreme sufferings due to extreme sins. How Govinda by pouring down unlimited songs about Govinda, which you have to hear and chant in order to to appreciate. I'll give you one. Okay, this is a verse by Raghunand Goswami. I may have chanted it once before, but it's, it's, uh, it's all about the holy name Hare Krishna Mantra. Now, we, of course, we understand Hare is a bhakti for It's a name for Radha. And Krishna is the name for Krishna, obviously. And Rama is also another name So he's talking about the names of Radha and Krishna here Radhetinama, Navasundarasina Mugdam. Krishnetinama, Madhogadhu, the god Dugdam. Savakshanam, Sadhaviraga, Himena, Ramyam, Kirtbhavadaiva, Pivame, Rasane, chudarte an excellent fresh nectar drink with endless subtle tastes, such as the name of Radha, by whom all three worlds are graced, condensed milk that is wonderfully delicious, thick and sweet, such as the name of Krishna, in whom all attractions meet. Now mix these drinks, O thirsty tongue, and air the cooling spice of love, a prize the wise will try to buy at any price, and then at every moment drink this beverage most fine make my heart supremely blissful, peaceful, and divine. that's, that's my that. now that's not, that's not little you know, English doggerel version of it. But we're, we're blessed with so much incredible uh, uh, literary creation here. You know, we don't really appreciate it so much, but Bhagavatam is exalted, even by calming so-called scholars who don't know anything about bhakti, as the, 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 the pinnacle of Sanskrit poetry. So, obviously, we don't, you know, understand the meaning, we have to study, but it's worth, it's worth it. It's worth it, believe me, to, to take the trouble to learn some of these verses, just to get it, you know, to, to experience some of the beauty of this, this Sanskrit, of the poetry. When you know the meaning, when the meaning is coming out, then, you know, that, that's real hearing and chanting. There's so much Bengali and Sanskrit flying by, you know, sometimes it's just, okay, when are they going to get to the English? Fine. That's Prabhupada's great gift to us. He give it in a language we can understand. But but the point is is that in the spiritual world, or in this world, if one is completely spiritually uh, enlivened, then example is there. the They're hearing the you know these verses, and they just forget about sleeping and eating. Mm-hmm. And then, next thing you know, what has to go to perform his morning duties. They just spent the whole night didn't even realize the time was passing. This is a full absorption, and it's all based on hearing and chanting. That's, that's the prime uh, uh, Sodom that we before. Everything else flows from that. So take advantage of it, as computer Dave explains, you asked me a question, you, you got me off of it, so I'm sorry. That in the association of devotees, this is Kapiladeh speaking, he says, you're going to hear the accounts of my, he's speaking as Krishna, uh, of my uh, activities and glories, mamavirya samvido, samvido means conversation, which is a life-giving elixir for the ears and the mind and the heart. And following this process, Tanjoshana, Ashu, quickly, Abhavagavatmani, which is the path of liberation out of this material world, one will develop three things step by step. Ashraddha, faith in everything that we revere. Rati, attraction to me, and finally bhakti, which here means pure devotion, step by step. And then a couple of verses later, two verses later, he said, this is uh, uh, anja, what is it? Under un- un- yoga. It's uh, very easy to practice. The, yoga, the easiest process. You come together, have a kirtan, read Krishna book, take some hot milk, take rest. I mean, we used to do that. You know? Yoga. It's yoga and it's just life. you know. But it's intentionally there. It's focused on Krishna, katha the sound. So yes, hearing and chanting is the basis of the whole thing. And we have so many things to hear and chant now. Prabhupada has given us a library. Oh, let's shoot oh, Yeah, pretty good. So, Uh, you were uh, you for uh, coming a little a bit visit. late at the uh, whole program. Yeah, really late. Must have been drilled by the nectar. Yeah, he got back to, to bite about the nectar, so. Okay. Mm. Okay.